You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Anyways, without further ado, I want to jump into the message. Uh, One of my favorite verses, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and verse 21. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, watch this, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I, I just want to reiterate that part at the very beginning of that verse. To him who is able. To him who is able. This morning, I want you to know whatever you're going through, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask, think, or imagine. Let's pray one more time and then we'll jump into the message. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in our hearts. Father, I pray right now that this message would come forth in clarity and in boldness. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are not bound by walls. And so I pray that you would just speak to each and everyone's heart that is listening to this message. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone at home said amen, amen, amen. Hey, so um, how many of you guys realize that wet socks are the worst? Yeah. Like, I can't stand wet socks. And, and so uh, not only can I not stand wet socks, my dryer, and I'm grateful that I have a dryer, but my dryer at home is a little old, and it takes a long time for it to dry things. And so the other day, I was, uh, I was, I was in a rush, and I had a load of clothes in the dryer waiting for it to dry. And uh, there, and it was just going, and it was doing its thing. And I'm like, man, I gotta go. Uh, it's I gotta I gotta jump. And so I went, and I checked my sock. I took it out, my socks, because I wear two. I, I took my socks out, and they were still wet. And I, I said, I put it back in. And I was like, okay, ten more minutes, ten more minutes. And I waited, and I checked it, and it, it was still going. But I took them out, and they were still wet. Put them back in. I was like, okay, five more minutes, five more minutes. And, and I'm waiting, right? And then I, I realized that I'm running late for my meeting too. So I, no matter what, I just grabbed my socks. Even with, they were, they were, like even the worst thing is not just wet socks, but damp socks. Right? Like it's one thing to be wet because you just embrace it. But when they're, they're semi-dry, semi-wet, come on, it's, it's just nasty. And so I was running. So I grabbed them and I put them on. And I was going, I went throughout the entire day with damp, nasty socks on. And so, so here, here's why I'm saying that. Because like I was trying to, in my head, I was like, okay, 10 more minutes. Checked it. I was trying to tell the sock when it was done drying. I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, now you're done. Checked it. Nope. Here's what I'm getting at. That sock was dry not once, not when I said it was done, but when the dryer said it was done. Like the dryer was the determining factor of when the sock was dry, not me. Even though I thought it was me. And here's why I'm telling you about my damp, wet sock. And that was D-A-M-P sock. Here's why I'm telling you this. 
Because I'm continuing on the, the, the theme from last week, the reason why I can't be ungrateful. And the reason why I can't be ungrateful is because I have to believe that no matter what I think or what I say, I have to remember that God has the final say. I have to remember that, that even if I want it to be done, or even if I think all hope is lost with the, like, God has the final say. So the reason why I can't be ungrateful is because God's not done yet. God's not done yet. Come on, type that in your chat right now. God's not done yet. He's not done. When I think about gratitude, uh, there, there are really two components of gratitude, of the reason why I cannot be grateful. And these two, uh, these two reasons that hinge upon these two ideas. The first one is um, because I can't comprehend my circumstance. And the second is I can't comprehend my abilities. So let, let me rephrase it because I think I butchered that. So I think it's very easy to allow our gratitude to be shaped by two things. By the, how we comprehend our circumstance and how we comprehend our ability to overcome that circumstance. And, and, and so, so, so we, try to, we, we try to create this, this idea of, of whatever, we're, whatever situation we're going through, we see the situation, and then we look at our, 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 our ability to overcome that situation. And when my ability, my ability to overcome the situation, when, when I can't, when I feel like my ability can't overcome that situation, all of a sudden I become distraught. All of a sudden I become uh, ungrateful. And so for most of us, our limitations become the final say of our situation. Our limitations of what we can do, uh, is, is, it becomes the final say of our situation. And so we begin to look at ourselves. We begin to look at our ability. We begin to look about what we think we can handle, what we can do. And it becomes, we allow that to be the final say of our situation. And we lose hope. And we lose faith. But I want to propose to you this morning that, that what if, what if your ability is a horrible benchmark for what your future looks like? What, what, what if I could propose to you this morning that your ability, what you can do, what you can handle is a horrible benchmark for what God wants to do in your life? We actually see this take place in a story in John chapter 9, we're going to start there. John chapter 9, uh, we see this, this, this encounter that Jesus has with this man in John chapter 9. And, and, and so we'll start there. Uh, I believe it will be on screen. But here it is, John chapter 9. We're going to start at verse 1, and then we're just going to keep reading. So it says this, as he went along, Jesus, as Jesus went along, he saw a blind man from birth. So Jesus, he's walking with his disciples. He, he's walking, and all of a sudden, they, they come across this guy that is blind. The scripture says that he, he's a beggar, that he was blind from birth. And so basically, the way that they saw this guy was the way this guy has been for a long, long time. His situation has been the same for a while. 
Like, I wonder if at any point this beggar that was blind from birth was sitting there and he just, I wonder if he just began to accept the reality of where he was at would always be the case. Because he was there for so long in that way that he just began to accept it. Like, maybe this is what, maybe this is what it is. Maybe this is my life. Maybe this is because I can't, I'm blind. I can't handle it. I can't fix my blindness. I wonder if this guy, this beggar, this blind man from birth, if he ever got to that place where he, he just began to believe that this is how it's going to be forever. I wonder if his limitations set the cap over his situation. I wonder this morning how many of us can relate to this beggar, to this blind man. I wonder if we, we can relate to this idea of, of feeling like, man, this is going to be it forever. Like, my situation is never going to change. My, my circumstance is never going to change. My, my ability to, to make it to this next stage is never going to change. My relationships is never going to change. And I wonder if, 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 if any of us have ever gotten to that place where we're like, we're, we're, we're beginning to accept our season because we've been there so long. And here's this blind man sitting there. And then we read in verse 2. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor uh, his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming where no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, I want to pause right there because all of a sudden, Jesus, his disciples, they're walking and, and, and they see the blind uh, person and they, they instantly get religious. They instantly begin to look and ask Jesus, Jesus, who did this sin? It was, it, was it the sin of mom and dad or was it his sin? Like who did this to him, Jesus? To, Jesus, to which Jesus responded, no one. They looked at him, they saw what he was going through, his hardships, and they said, Jesus, surely this man did something to deserve this. I wonder this morning how many of us watching because of the season of life we're in, the hardships we're facing, we begin to say, man, God must be mad at me. We, we begin to get the mindset of the disciples to say, man, God must be mad at me because I'm going through this. Maybe, but maybe not. Because Jesus' response to the man was like, no, he didn't do anything. But watch this. Jesus said that, that, that this has happened, watch this, so that the power of God can be displayed. What happens if I begin to stop seeing my situation as a punishment but an opportunity? 
Like I wonder this morning if I could just begin to change the way I see my situation so I don't see it as God, you're punishing me, but God, watch him do something amazing in my life. What if we begin to change the way that we saw our situation? Then Jesus says something uh, amazing. The the next thing, it's almost as if he's jumping. It's almost as if Jesus had... ADHD because he says, he says, uh, he, he, <laughs> can I get in trouble for saying that? I, I don't know. <laughs> because he's like, he, he's like talking about that, the, this idea that no, it's an opportunity for God to do something. And then he goes like, uh, day is here, but night's coming. It's like, what? <laughs> Focus, Jesus. <laughs> And then he says, uh, day is here, but night is coming. Uh, and he says, I am the light of the world. And, and it's almost like, Jesus, what are you, what are you saying? What are you, what are you referring, like, why are you saying that? And most theologians believe that the reference of night, or day and night, excuse me, uh, is in reference to day being our lifetime and night being death. And Jesus is talking about, hey, we have A limited amount of time here on earth. And it still almost seems random until you realize this uh, this mindset that that when I I begin to see my situation uh, through the lens of of an opportunity rather than punishment, uh, it's very easy for me to become self-centered. It's very easy for me to to, to begin to think like this is all about me now. But it's as if Jesus understood the mindset of the disciples because it's like he stopped and was like, hey, hey, just remember, your time here is short. You don't have a long time here. It's day now, but night is coming. You have limited amounts of time. And so I think Jesus is saying that we're reminding them that we're not just recipients of hope, but we're also revealers of hope. I can get so locked up in my head just just thinking that it's all about me and life revolves around me and my problem takes priority over every problem where I have to remember that it's not just about me. It's not just about what I'm going through. That, that, that I'm not just a recipient of what God wants to do, but I'm a revealer. So I should be going around letting people know, hey, don't worry. You're going through something right now. It's okay. It's an opportunity for God to show up and show off. It's an opportunity for God to display his power and his might in your situation. And he gets to verse 6. And after saying this, I love this, uh, he spit on the ground. Yeah. He made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eye. Go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam. This means scent. So the man went and washed, and uh, the man went and washed and came home seen. Now let's just recap of what just happened. Jesus, he's walking with his disciples. They stumble upon a man that was blind from birth. The disciples are like, Jesus, surely he did something because he's like that. Jesus is like, shut up. No, that's not true. He said this is an opportunity for God to show 
his amazing power. Now, if I'm the beggar of blind men, I'm getting excited. I'm thinking like, is he going to heal me? Like, I'm getting excited. Like, I can't. And, and so, like, here, I just, I just, my mind just goes different places. And, and he's excited. He's blind. He can't see what's going on. And he's excited that Jesus is about to heal him. And all of a sudden, he, he, he may be blind, but he can hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what the? He's just, Jesus? And then all of a sudden he feels, is is he putting mud? And he's just, he's just like, and so here he is, he's standing there. With mud on his face, on his eye. Thinking he's going to get a miracle. But realizing it's not happening in the way that he thought it was going to happen. And um, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, Jesus, like you could have done this so many different ways. Like if you wanted to, Jesus, you could have just spoke. You could have just said, see, and he could have seen. Jesus, like you could have, old Pentecostal, right? Like, (laughs) come on, everyone at home who was Pentecostals, amen. You're hitting emojis, like hands up, right? Like, focus. (laughs) Let's just pray. Father, we love you. I'm just kidding. We can have the keys come up too right now because I'm done. Almost. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, like you could have done anything. Like you could have, you could have made this miracle happen any way you wanted it to happen. Why did you have to spit in dirt to make mud to put it on someone's eye? Like why? Like you could have done it anyway, Jesus. But it's almost as if Jesus wanted us to know that that sometimes my miracle can be messy. Like sometimes my miracle doesn't happen the way that I want it to happen. Sometimes the miracle takes longer than what I was expecting. Sometimes my miracle is not showing up in the package, in the way, in the time that I'm hoping for it to come. But I need to tell you this morning, don't let the mess discredit your miracle. Don't let the mess discredit your miracle. Don't begin to think just because it's messy doesn't mean it's a miracle. Just because it's not pretty doesn't mean it's a miracle. He spit in the mud, in the dirt, made mud, and he put it. This guy's ability to see was based off the messiness of the mud. But then it goes on. Jesus, once this guy has the mud on his eyes, once he has the mud on his eyes, if I'm that guy, I'm thinking, okay, now 
Jesus is going to tell me to just wipe it off and I can see. But that's not what happens. Jesus, the mud on the guy's eyes, Jesus is like, hey, go to the pool of Siloam and rinse. And once again, I was thinking about the mindset of this man. I don't know how far that pool was from where Jesus was. But I don't think it matters the distance because no matter the case, no matter the distance, this blind, homeless, beggar man with mud on his eyes had to make his way from point A to point B. And so I'm just picturing him walking. Maybe someone's leading him. And I could just imagine the people, he can't see, but he can hear. Oh, is that Bob? Is that, is that Bob? Ugh, he got dirtier. He has mud on his face now. Ugh. Like, imagine Bob. That's not his name, but go with it. Imagine Bob walking blind and just hearing people like, oh, hey, hey, Timmy, come here, Timmy. Get out of his way, Timmy. Don't touch him, Timmy. And I could imagine him walking, hearing these things, knowing that people are staring at him and, and wondering if this is even worth it. Like, I wonder if at any point while he was walking to the pool, if he began to think, man, if it hasn't happened yet, if it hasn't happened through the mud, it's not going to happen. I wonder, as he journeyed from point A to point B, I wonder if at any point he began to just think to himself, man, maybe this is not even worth it. I've been blind this long. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I just embrace my situation. Maybe that's, that's it but then we read verse 7 and verse 7 says that when he washed in the pool then he went home seeing and this is very interesting to me because the miracle wasn't just in the mud but the miracle was also in this man's ability to keep one foot in front of the other so the miracle wasn't just with the mud, but the miracle was seeing if he was willing to stay the test of time, to keep on walking, even when he wasn't sure, and to wonder. And it, the miracle was in his ability to keep going strong, keep going forward, keep moving ahead. His miracle wasn't just in the mud, but his miracle was in the ability of him to walk it out. I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not think it, but I got to learn to walk it out. Come on, somebody. I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not think it, but I got to be willing to walk it out because he who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
more than I can ask or think is my final say over my situation. This morning, why I can't be ungrateful is because God's not done yet. Why I can't be ungrateful is because God's not finished with my story. And I'm prophesying that over your life this morning. That whatever you're going through, if it's not good, God's not done. He's writing your story. He's penning your story. You just got to be faithful. The miracle may be messy. But you can still show gratitude in the midst of your situation. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.